You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Back-to-back days of The Sports Fix V2.0 with Aaron (laughs) as a part of it. Tommy's going to join us here today because... Today's a different kind of a day, sort of. Um, although you predicted a lot of what happened after we stopped <laughs> doing the podcast yesterday. I had um, I had a tweet from somebody who, I'm going to read it to you right now. He said, your what if one player gets it didn't just cancel out one team, it suspended the entire league. Um, and then somebody said, Tom was crazy yesterday. And I just said, yep, but he was also spot on right. I mean, it's one thing for me to suggest that one player might forfeit an NCAA tournament team. You called off the tournament yesterday, and I think you're going to be right about that because I can't imagine that anything's going to continue here uh, You know, moving forward. As fast as things were moving yesterday, they're probably going to move just as fast, if not faster, today. How are you feeling? Um, you had to leave the house yesterday. You had to leave your fortress of solitude out in Frederick um, to venture into a radio station to do, you know, a radio segment or two. You could have done that from home. Um, but are you feeling okay, or did you feel you may have picked up something along the way? No, no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident in in the steps I've taken. Uh, I wore my rubber gloves out. Uh, you know, my my, my uh, disposable rubber gloves, I right. bought a couple of pair uh, to use. And uh, so I didn't really, I didn't touch anything, you know, and uh, I changed them a couple of times over the course of the time I was out. Uh, I was, I'm just, I'm just really careful right now. And, you know, I mean, it may, you know, this, like I said, this virus is gunning for me, you know, I mean, it's I'm the target demographic. <laughs> you're yes. the target. Well, so, you're you're the you're not a target in terms of contracting it. You're a target in terms of if you do contract it, being at more risk of developing yes. serious symptoms. Yes, yeah. uh, I'm 66, so I'm in the age group that the CDC told to stay home. Uh, last year, I had a bronchial infection, that makes me more susceptible. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but I'm doing everything I can. I mean, you know, uh, we, we're just taking a lot of precautions. And uh, now, now all we can do is, is not kill each other, literally, besides protecting ourselves, not kill each other all locked up in the same houses for the next couple of months. Yeah. Um... You know what I'm going to be watching? What? A lot of YouTube old school highlights. This is, I think, the plan. If you're doing sports programming uh, yeah. of any sort, yes. you have to go back and pick things that people would love to see. That's what I've... And talk about them. You must have been listening they... to my radio show this morning. <laughs> okay. Well, what did I say? Great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly... I mean, that's, what, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to go back and do the Redskins Super Bowl. Yes. The Wizards. I mean, last year's Nash <sighs> World Series, the Caps. You know, you're just going to have to, because people are not going to want to hear the same thing about the virus every day. They're going to want something to be entertained and feel good. That means you got to go back to the past, because there is no present right now. I mean, mediocre minds really do think alike. Um, I, um, <laughs> yeah, this morning I said, you know, CBS 
and TNT for March Madness. They are gearing up to show us the Christian Leitner shot in 1992 six or seven <laughs> times. And well, but really, you know, I remember, and, and I and I mentioned this this morning. You know, in 1982, when the NFL went on strike and there were no games for you know seven eight weeks, there was no replacement players that year. This was the year of no games, no replacement players. The year that the Redskins ultimately won the Super Bowl in a nine game regular season. But the seven you know or eight weeks that there was no NFL football, first the networks tried moving some CFL games. You know, they started showing CFL games, and then you know there were some college games moved to Sunday. And then they started showing some old games. But the thing that I'll never forget is that WMAL radio, they were the broadcast home for the Redskins back then. They started airing fake Redskin games. Like this guy, I think his name, Tommy, was Nate Albright. Nate Albright. Nate Albright is the guy who did my Knicks video. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's the guy yes. that, that created you in, into a former NBA New York Knickerbocker. Um, he started doing fake Redskin games. Like, you know, they were scheduled on that particular Sunday to play the Cardinals or whatever. And he would call a three-hour game. Like, and make <laughs> the whole thing up with fake crowd noise and the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I, I think what we'll get from, from CBS TNT... Um, will be in Turner Sports is we'll get a lot of old tournament games during March Madness. You know, it's really interesting because I think there's some things that we don't know right now in terms of whether or not, I mean, first of all, the tournament hasn't been canceled yet, but I think all of us would say that the odds are it will um, be canceled. Um, I'm surprised that some of these conference tournaments are going to continue as of now they are. And you're listening to a podcast, so nobody understands more than we do um, about how quickly what we're talking about now could be outdated um like maybe in the next 10 minutes but um the uh the 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 contract for you know the billions of dollars that cbs and turner paid the ncaa for this tournament you know in most contracts you know and i just remember this from my pre you know broadcasting days you know most contracts you know, have what's called force majeure in there. It's like a clause, Tommy, that essentially, you know, limits the liability or obligation by both sides in the event of like an act of God, you know? And so it, it would take CBS and Turner off the hook for paying the NCAA the, you know, the amount of money they'd own for this year's tournament if a pandemic I, what I don't know is whether or not pandemics included as sort of an act of God. You know, um, we know like, you know, hurricanes and and earthquakes and floods and, you know, all that stuff is always included. I don't know if a pandemic's included or not. I th- Some of that's going to be really interesting because obviously um, this is – maybe you mentioned this to me yesterday. If you didn't, then I heard it somewhere else. And then I it got repeated last night on the um, DC Coaches podcast, which I was a part of, um, with uh, Gary Williams and Chris Naki and Gordon Austin last night. But did you know, if you didn't tell me this already, that 80% of the revenue that the NCAA generates on an annual basis comes from this tournament? 80% of it. That didn't come from me. I didn't know that. And so uh, it's not surprising. 
It's it's not well. It is surprising to me. I would have never guessed it. I would have thought that that football would have been a significant amount of the revenue that the NCAA generates on an annual basis. It's this tournament. It's March Madness. So you know we're t- we we talked we talked yesterday a lot about the economic impact. You know whether your perspective is that this thing isn't going to bother you or isn't going to impact you. It doesn't matter. The economic impact on this country is significant, and that's why these decisions can't. Even though public health is the most important thing, you know, life over death or life over sickness, you know, or health over sickness is the most important thing, you know, we're talking about something that is doing irreparable damage to our country economically. You know, it really is. And um, the NBA thing last night was just incredible. And to to think that that um, Rudy Gobert is the only player that would test positive if, if you tested every player in every sport is incredibly naive, which yeah. is why you have to think that these sports are on the verge of shutting down. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe they wouldn't have to shut down if the tests were available to everybody here at this point. You know, maybe they, they, could, they could, like, within three days, test everybody, have an idea what's going on, but... There's no, there's not, there's not that mass testing available yet. Uh, so I mean, you know, every everybody is paying the price for for, for that. Uh, and we're not, no, all around the world, they're, they're dealing with the same thing. But some places are more seem to be more equipped than others, yeah, like South to, Korea. To deal with even, the yeah. testing, yeah, yeah. I, so, so I mean, you know, I mean, you would think that with the money at stake, these people would be these all these corporate leaders would be a little bit upset about the government response to this because it's costing them a lot of money. Yes, I, I understand that. Um, and I, I, I'm, I don't want to turn this conversation into no. a political one. Uh, the one thing that I would say um, very definitively is I would much rather have a better communicator <laughs> as, our, as our leader um, when when he sits down in the Oval Office for a ten minute you know update on the situation, yeah. he's just you know obviously he's a limited communicator. He's got a limited vocabulary. He's not quick on his feet. I think these are all things that even a supporter of him would have to say. Um, you know, I know that. Yeah, that but w- my but my point is, I know what your point is. I know what your point is. I just switched the if, point. If, if, you're right. If you're if you're but if you're a corporate leader. Uh, if if you have money at stake in this, and you know that maybe the 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 damage could have been diminished, uh, if not avoided, with, with better preparation, I mean, you should be pretty angry about that. Yeah, I know, and you know there are also some people that would say that closing the borders to China immediately, before a lot of other people would have actually, you know, put us into a better position to at least get into the situation we're in now. Which clearly, you know, the big takeaway: look, we don't know anything. You know, I, what's worrisome to me is that the people that are supposed to know that they're not even completely sure about this thing. But the one thing we heard yesterday, the one thing that became very clear is that this concept of social distancing is crucial right now. Like so, social distancing is why right now, you know, our beloved sports are shutting down. You know, I can't tell you if it's necessary or not. No, none of you listening know for sure if it's necessary or not. You have to when it comes to something like this. You got to have, you know, trust. 
you know, in the people that uh, that understand this stuff. But the social distancing, you know, is the big takeaway for me yesterday. They're trying to slow it, not stop it, but slow it. And slowing it seems to be slowing the spread seems to be the most important thing to those that know about what's happening because it will essentially allow our healthcare system to get better prepared, to potentially build more hospitals, um, but at a minimum, get more medicine, get more supplies, get more ventilators, get more masks, get more gloves, you know, whatever else they need. This is what's the concern, like, you know, is that our hospitals are going to be overrun and people who are going to be in need of a ventilator, as an example, aren't going to get one and are going to get sick or seriously sick or even die unnecessarily. That seems to me to be why this thing has accelerated incredibly over the last couple of days is that there's this understanding that the math says that this thing's going to grow exponentially in terms of the cases, that we don't even really know what the number of cases are, and that we're not going to be able to handle it from a healthcare standpoint. And by slowing it down through this social distancing, we'll be able to get better prepared to handle it from a healthcare standpoint. I, think, I agree. I think that's what I, I learned yesterday. I mean, I agree. That seems to be the only defense right now is is people staying away from from large groups. Look, Kevin, it's 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 hard to avoid the politics of this. I'm sorry, uh, but everything you talked about, building temporary hospitals, you know, having enough supplies available, that should have been discussed last night. That should have come up last night. You know, uh, like activating the National Guard, uh, the medical units for all the National Guard to, to help deal with the overflow. Having temporary hospitals uh, prepared to be set up to handle the pe- to handle people, you know, that the regular hospitals can. Directing the supplies to the areas, forcing, ordering the companies that make the Purell, that make the masks, that make the ventilators, to make sure that all those supplies are directed to the areas that are most affected right now. All that should have come up yesterday. Well, again, um, you're not making it political here other than you're criticizing the president, but I understand that there's been a lot of criticism of the president. I think, you know, I think our leader, our leaders have to, there's this fine line in a situation like this. This is just, you know, I I was talking this morning, perspective's everything in this, man. I got a... I opened the show this morning, Tommy, with a tweet from this guy, Jimmy, who said, please tell me right now that your show today is not going to be a show um, all about the overrated media-generated virus. I'd like to hear you talk about sports. And I opened with that with that tweet just to, you know, to thank him, first of all, for his outstanding programming advice. Um, but to essentially, you know, then drill down to, you know, perspective. Everybody's got – there are a lot of people with his perspective – a lot of people. Your perspective is completely different if you're super young versus super old. Your perspective yes, is completely different right now on last night's Oval Office address, you know, based on sort of your political bent. Like everybody's perspective about the virus, though, is really interesting. Now, what what's interesting to us yesterday being in the sports arena is that it really blended in with sports because the NBA shutting down and the NCAA tournament, you know, going to empty arenas became a big part of the, you know, uh, COVID-19 discussion, you know, uh, yesterday. 
Um, yeah, but in but I don't know if it will. Once the game stops, sports is not going to be a big part of the conversation anymore. It just is in no. the short term right now. But I think that our leaders have two responsibilities in this in this situation. One is to be honest and to tell us what's happening and do it specifically. But at at the same time, you know, panic is a bad thing too. And you have to do it in a calm way in which you communicate that, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what's needed. And the good news is, is if we do all of this, things are going to get better. You know, like I I was telling Aaron before the show, and I'm not making this political, um, but you know, whether it would have been Obama or Bush, our last two presidents prior to this one, both of them would have been better communicators in this situation. A lot better. A lot I agree. better. And I, I absolutely agree. I think, I, think, I think anybody would have felt a little bit better. With, and, and again, uh, you know, I have, I have different views on each of those guys. But I would agree with your conclusion on both of them on that. It's important for your your leader of your country to be a good communicator. And the, I, I'm not going to tell you what I like and dislike about him and tell you what my positions are necessarily. I really sort of have always viewed myself very much as a centrist and a moderate. Um, I, unfortunately, in this country, we can't nominate you know, a GD centrist or moderate because neither party will allow it. Um, but besides that, what is very clear to even the most ardent of, of supporters of President Trump, he's not a good communicator. He has a super, super limited vocabulary. All right. He's very slow on his feet. And I, I, that, that to me is like obvious to anybody regardless of whether or not you are a fan and you support him and you're going to vote for him in November or you're on the opposite side. He has got to be one of the worst communicators in public in these kinds of situations. And part of that also is because when you are so self-absorbed and you're so narcissistic, in a situation where it has to be about us and we, it just ultimately gets back to I. And that's who he is, whether you like him or not, whether you agree with his policies or not, whether you think the country's in a much better position up until a few days ago now than it was four years ago. I mean, I think most reasonable people would say, you know, he's self-absorbed. He's a narcissist. And he's because of it, it makes him a very poor communicator at times. But anyway. Yeah, it was was not a night. I mean, again, you know what? I mean, you're looking for you're looking for for somebody to make you feel confident that things are going to be okay. Uh, and look, that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to speak to 300 million people sure. who are in a panic and tell them we're going to be fine. We'll get through this and have them believe it. I mean, it's a very small group of people who can pull that off. And I'm not one of those. Uh, first of all, I listened to his address last night. I, w- I did the DC Coaches podcast last night with Naki and Gary and Gordon Austin, and I was driving back from Tommy Joe's, and I was listening to it in the car. And I actually, in listening to it, not watching it, was like, okay, much more serious tone. 
you know, not just saying everything's fine, you know, and, 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 and talking about how the Democrats are blowing this, you know, there was none of that. There was none of this. Oh, by the way, if you've got mild symptoms, you can still go to work. We didn't get that. And it was more no. of a serious tone. And I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and nitpick on some of the things that he got wrong, you know, right. that that, you know, the co payments aren't gonna cover treatment, they're just gonna cover the testing. He got that wrong. Um and um what was the other big one? There was a, another big one that sort of had to be corrected after the fact. You involving know, trade. Involving trade. Oh yeah, yeah. That, 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 the, trade. Yeah, the 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 Europe travel uh, restriction wasn't going to restrict products and goods from coming from Europe to here. Right. He, they had to, to, to sort of um, uh, sort of retract that or, or update that. Um, but to your point, I think there could have been a lot more in there. Um, there could have yeah. been a lot more. But, you know, we're not here doing the CNN, Fox, MSNBC breakdown of the Oval Office address, even though we sort of just did it. I actually do have one question about this. Why... Is the UK excluded? I've been looking for an answer as to why all of Europe can't travel here, but the UK can. Since they have more cases than about a dozen other European nations. Uh, that, uh, is that, I didn't even know that was true. Yes. Um, I mean, some, of them, some European nations have more, but there's uh, like Belgium and, and other nations. They have far less. So what? Uh, what is? What's the? What's the logic? What's well, the reasoning? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if you want to, you know, uh, I think I think it's reasonable to conclude that if your base political motive in this is, uh, you know, uh, he feels a kinship to uh, the uh, what? What's the movement that kicked out the European Union over there? What Brexit? Brexit. I think. I think he. He feels, you know, an alliance with with the Brexit leaders over there, and doesn't uh, want to punish them. But 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 what we heard last night was mostly from medical people. I mean, it seemed like for the first time he was taking the advice and not trying to play Doctor Trump. Anyway, yeah, en- enough about that. Let's let's. I get that, but but again, for everybody out there, you can't you can't disconnect. We're in the position we're in, uh, and and and. and the only way we get back to normal is the response of the people in charge. Let me just do one very little political statement here. Okay. Okay. Everybody hates the government until they need it. Well, it's so funny. I just had that written down. Yep. I just had that written down. But you finished what you were going to say. That was it. That was well, all. I, I Everybody ju- I, hates I, the government <laughs> until they need the government. I just wrote down, because I said it earlier this morning, and I was looking for my note, and so I couldn't find it, so I wrote it down again. Um, I am not one that believes more government is better than less government. Um, I, 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 I believe that less government's better than more government, typically. That's my, my overall general sort of political um, and personal philosophy on all that. But... This is when you need government. <laughs> they, they, yes. A pandemic <laughs> is when you absolutely not only need them, you desperately need them. And our economy desperately needs, you know, the government to act here. And, you know, he, he laid out a couple of the things last night, but this is going to also be a Democrat-Republican Congress thing. You know, they're going to have to stimulate this economy somehow because it's crumbling around us. Italy right now is essentially shut down. They have no economy right now. None. And we can't get into that position. Um, 
I wanted to add one thing to this. We're not done talking about, you know, COVID-19. You know, COVID-19. Mr. Mr. COVID was gunning for Tommy. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. COVID has been gunning for people like Tommy. But, you know, um, everything's moving so quickly, very quickly. And, you know, the the reaction, you know, with the leagues, the sports leagues, which, you know, touches a lot of us that are big sports fans, but touches everybody. Like last night, the NBA shutting its season down was part of the overall A topic of the night. But are you, does anybody else get the impression that they're not telling us everything? Like I, I, and maybe it's because they don't know everything, but it seems like things have accelerated so quickly that there is absolute alarm and panic among our medical people and now among our government. And I just wonder how much they know that we don't know right now. I mean, that's a reasonable concern. Uh, I mean, I think all you can do in this day and age is find the outside the outsiders who you would trust as experts. Now that's hard to do because. Uh, but the experts you know, disagree. They, I've been listening to the so-called experts, and they all end up giving slightly, at least slightly different versions of the situation. I know that. I mean, I found a guy on Twitter. Who I oh have been following. Twitter. Who, Twitter. Tommy's going to Twitter for pandemic information. No, there's this guy, and I recommend this to everybody. Okay. His name is Eric Spiegel Ding. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing I've seen, that. I've seen this guy, I think. I think. Yeah, it, it's, it's at Dr. Eric Ding. Uh, he's a, he's a, a senior fellow and a scientist with Harvard and Hopkins uh, on his background. Uh, he seems to, to be pretty uh, on top of, of the latest information and given an accurate assessment of it. But uh, other than that, the, one, the, the good thing and the bad thing about social media is you get good information and you get bad information. And, and you know, a lot of people in this country have, been, have failed to separate the two uh, over the years, and now it's more important than ever then separate the two and figure out what's credible and what's not. But that's a reasonable fear, Kevin, that, you know, we're not being told. The former head of the CDC uh, came out and said uh, half the population in this country will wind up with the virus. Yeah, I've heard those numbers. Well, no, 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 no. no. That half the people in this country will... um, will be exposed to the virus. Being exposed to the virus and contracting the virus are two totally different things. There's like, Tommy, there's sort of like a chronological layering of this. It's like exposed to it, then contracting it, and then obviously the symptoms developing, because some people can contract it and get no symptoms. And then it's the, and then it's the severity of the symptoms. It's essentially, in order, exposed, whether or not you contract it or not, whether or not you develop symptoms, and then the level of symptoms. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, <clears throat> speaking of exposed, uh, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz just tested positive for, for coronavirus. Yeah, well, well, I mean, some of his teammates are going to test yeah. positive. And the whole thing about the NBA, like, just do the 
do the math on this, right? And this is why I threw out if one player tests positive on a team, they're going to forfeit in the NCAA tournament. Well, <clears throat> I should have taken it where you took it, which is hell with that. The whole thing's going to shut down. Because in basketball, these players are sweating profusely during these games and they're leaning on each other and there's lots of contact and there's jawing back and forth with spit flying through the air. And so I might want to point <clears throat> out they're touching the same ball. They're touching the same ball, yes. You know, they're and and so not only so Utah's playing, you know, whom, Oklahoma City, and then Oklahoma City goes and plays another team, and then that team plays a bunch of teams. Like I heard somebody say very late last night that the league is essentially suggesting that the last uh, two weeks worth of opponents for the Utah Jazz should think about self quarantining. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, those teams that they played ended up playing other teams that weren't teams that played Utah. Like, it's just going to go through all – I mean, pretty quickly you get to all 32 teams being exposed either di- directly or indirectly to Rudy Gobert. I think they some, – <clears throat> someone did a chart and said that all 32 teams were connected. Yeah. I mean, they played the Knicks recently. The Knicks just came here the other night and played the Wizards. How about, by the way, did you guys see Fred Hoiberg? Didn't you tweet this out last night, Aaron? Was that you who tweeted out to let everybody, let, let yes. everybody know? Yeah. Um, or at least in our circle of, of you know, Twitter fo- uh, follows. follows. Um, did you see Fred Hoiberg, the coach in Nebraska, Tommy? Did you see that video? Yes. Yeah, I did. And, and they should be ashamed of themselves, even though their, their story is he was cleared by a doctor that he was diagnosed with something else. Like the doctor had a... <laughs> had a coronavirus kit with him, I guess, and maybe tested him. They should be ashamed of themselves for doing that. So for the those Yeah, for those that didn't see it, Nebraska was playing Indiana last night in the second um, game of the first round of the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. And Fred Hoiberg coaches Nebraska. And Fred Hoiberg's doubled over, sick as a dog, on the bench during the game. And you're like, is this is this actually happening? Because this is like part of the movie, and yeah. So he went out there not feeling well, stuck it out during the course of the game. Went in, got tested immediately for he did get tested for corona, and he tested negative for corona, positive for influenza A. Thank God. Now the the. the you know, yesterday was, I mean, the whole day, right, was crazy because we went from, you know, early in the day, hey, the Warriors are going to play in front of empty arenas to, oh, my God, the NCAA tournament's banning fans from games. And then uh, Rudy Gobert's got coronavirus to the NBA shutting down. So Someone yeah. someone on Twitter, I can't remember who exactly it was. Spelled out the whole day. I, I it, read something. It takes forever to read through the whole thing. But, but all it, of the events, like minute by minute yesterday. It's amazing. Yeah. And it was just incredible how quickly this thing happened. Now, as of today, and we're recording this right now, it's 10.58 a.m. All right, in the morning, and we're recording this. As of now, there's still nothing from the NHL. Nothing from Major League Baseball, which it doesn't make any sense to me based on what you told me. And I used your line last night on the Coach's Podcast about, you know, at spring training games, they take attendance during the game and then after the games. (laughs) (laughs) Because the average age of the attendee has to be in their 60s, right? Yes. So it's ridiculous that spring training is continuing. But again, given Rob Manfred as the commissioner and his pathetic response to something now is insignificant, as, as the Astros cheating scandal, it doesn't surprise me the lack of leadership 
What, Aaron? But, yeah, I'm just going to keep breaking it. Uh, MLS just suspended their season. Okay. I mean, you know, the, well, although the those are... The thing nobody's going to notice. Well, you know, the XFL, you know, you know, it's funny because if you're starting a business, a retail business in particular, oh. in this climate, it's just the worst of all time. And the XFL oh, is going to... Yeah. The XFL, I mean, the ratings are way down to begin with, but they're really relying on the live gate in that league, and now they're not going to have a live gate, and they're probably not going to play but games. Vince, is gonna, Vince McMahon's going to have a bigger problem than the XFL. His WWE product relies on live events. Right. Well, lots actually, of people. There's one event that relies. It, it's funny with the way that the TV deals have worked. The WWE no longer relies on live events, and in fact, live events are very small. But WrestleMania is in three weeks, which is the one event that they make a good chunk of their yearly profit on. I mean, you know, where is WrestleMania? Tampa. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. No. That's not happening. What's happening? You know, I, I was thinking this morning. You know, we we're, we're, we talk about sports. <laughs> the NFL draft. <laughs> well, the NFL draft. That's m- not going to happen. Well, Maskey reported today that <clears throat> the NFL is probably going to have an announcement later on today about what their plans are. Forget about the draft because that's still six weeks away. You know, free agency starts on Tuesday, and it requires a lot of travel. And also, you've got a lot of pro days coming up as well for the college players. And so, you know, it's very possible the league is going to, you know, suspend all of those or push back on the calendar a lot of those dates, which may lead to the draft being postponed and scheduled for another date. Um, but, you know, first of all, the all – I think we're all in agreement now, and you were ahead of this thing yesterday. I'll give you all the credit in the world, per usual. All right, you said tournament. There's not going to be a tournament, so <laughs> you're right about that. Uh, you're not right yet, but I think that's what's coming. And Aaron, I think the big. T- I think all these conference tournaments are going to shut down here. I mean, all it's going to take is one positive test with anybody, somebody not feeling well. That, right. it, that I mean, it, it's not – social distancing is the primary focus right now from all of these health people. I, They're saying these large gatherings are just not going to be good I for this. If, if they want to have any chance of having the NCAA tournament, they need to close these conference tournaments off now. Right. Um, yeah, now they've, they've not, already made them help. so that you, yeah. people can't attend them. Oh, I, but just shut it down in general. Why hasn't Ted shut down the Caps game tonight? There you go. There you go. I mean, Mr. Business of Happiness himself, <laughs> Ted Leonsis, his response to what the mayor, the mayor's declaration that no events over a thousand pe- you know, people should be allowed in the city and him thumbing his nose at that. I mean, he didn't act on the end, on the Wizards games until David Stern, David Stern, until Adam Silver basically took the decision out of his hands and said there will be no NBA. Now he's doing the same thing with the NHL. Wait, waiting. I mean, I mean, really? I mean, this is ridiculous. And what about concerts? What about a oh, concert? Concerts I, I are being there. canceled left and right. Yeah, nine, um, almost well, all concert venues in D.C. and as well as Capital One. And, but, but like, not, not, not and, no, well, no, most, no, not the Capital One. Well, not a not a, uh, up to Leonsis, but a lot of the just tours in general are shutting down. I'll tell so. you what, though, I bet you he's still working pretty hard to get that app for sports gambling ready so that everybody can take Vegas down. Um, I'm mean, sure that's Ted, coming Ted, up. Ted the bookie. Ted, 
Ed's response has, has, has been embarrassing, and he should be ashamed of himself if he ever claims to have any empathy for fans. Speaking of monumental Despicable. sports and his teams, I actually found this tweet at 524 a.m. this morning very, very funny. Brad Beal, all right, Bradley Beal, at 524 a.m. this morning, quote, I wish no root canal on no one, exclamation point, exclamation point, <laughs> shaking my head, hashtag BS. I wonder if Beal in the middle of the night had to go for a root canal. Or maybe maybe he was waiting to have a root canal and now's as good a time as any. Well, or I, maybe, maybe the medicine wore off. Yeah. At five o'clock. Oh, at you morning. know what? Maybe that's what. Maybe, maybe he was like, no. See, when the root canal's over, because remember, I've told you the story. I think that I had, you know, um, two years ago now, a year and a half ago, whenever it was, I went in for a root canal. Nerve pain's the worst. And the um, guy that was doing the root canal took care of it. And then I got home late that night, and I'm like, wait a minute, I- I'm still in pain. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I went back the next day. He said, oh, you got another one and another tooth. And I just sort of felt like maybe he had done the wrong tooth. And I asked him point blank. I said, did you do the wrong tooth yesterday? No, 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 no. You had one there and you got one here too. That's why you were in so much pain when you came did into me. Ask, you had did, two of did them. He ask, did he ask Curly and Mo for advice? <laughs> well, he did sort of give me a discount on the second one, which really made me <laughs> suspicious, you know? So I, um, when I read that from Beal, and all of you that have had terrible you know, tooth pain or root canal pain prior to a root canal, root canals now are not painful. It's the pain of, of having you know, your nerve impacted in a tooth that's really painful. But when I read that this morning, it's like, hey, your, your season just got shut down. Poor guy also just had a root canal, um, which is too bad. But um, so we is there any so what do like what are we going to do? What are you going to write about the next? What if we have no games here to talk about to write about for the next you know days, weeks? Who knows? Potentially months. Remember the NBA before they shut it down yesterday? They were asking for each team to give them their their, their arena uh, availability through July. Like they might be playing this season into July. Well, they already play it into June. But schools are going to shut down here. Uh, Penn State got shut down. My son's taking classes online. My son at Maryland's taking classes online. You know, this is not, you know, yeah. these schools are shutting down. Pub- the public school systems are starting to shut Loudoun down. Loudoun County did. Yeah. I mean, kids I mean, are going to be home. I that's, yeah, I think that's inevitable. Again, like you're right, social distancing is right now the only weapon that that that, that we all seem to have available, and I think everyone's going to make use of it. I don't think you're going to see an opening day in Major League Baseball. I mean, these idiots who are running baseball, they're just whistling past the graveyard. I mean, opening the home opener for the Nationals, I think, is April 2nd. That's not going to happen. That, 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 that's definitely not. So what am I going to write about? I'm going to do what we talked about at the beginning. I'm going to go back and find his, stuff that history to write about. That's all I can do, write about the past. You know, a um, friend of mine texted me this um, a little while ago, and I, I, this, this is something that I'm bringing up with you for the first time because I, I, I didn't think about it this way, but he's like, you know, we celebrated back in the day Michael Jordan winning the NBA championship against Utah playing with the flu. 
you know, like, and there he is, you know, breathing, sweating, spitting all over people in Salt Lake City in that famous game six, you know, where he's got, he's burning up with fever. We watched Magic Johnson play with HIV when we really didn't have all the information, you know, and I know that they, they, that was a significant statement at the time. And, you know, we watched him go out there and, and it made people less fearful in many ways. And it probably did more of a service than a disservice. Um, but now with this thing, it's like, you know, everybody's got to steer clear of it. Um, the Players' Championship just uh, decided no more fans after today. So the Players' Championship at Sawgrass, which starts today, Tommy, you, you, you probably don't know this, it's like considered to be the fifth major, um, is, uh, is being played in Jacksonville at Sawgrass. And after today, no fans, but they're going to continue with the event. Now, golfers are not, you know, they can, you know what? A golf tournament, a golfer can socially distance himself essentially from another golfer and play his round. Yes. Yes, he can. And, and you know. What other sports are that way? Uh, Tennis? Yes. Golf? I don't. I mean, golf. I mean, you know, the sports that rely on TV are going to do everything they can to try to continue. Uh, but, you know, the sports that that don't rely on TV. Like, like the, I, just, I just saw that the Patriot League canceled their entire spring sports schedule well so did the ivy league yeah the ivy league shut down all spring sports these are the smart schools remember (laughs) yeah patriot league's got some really good smart schools but now you know lafayette lafayette yeah yeah agreed um but the other thing too um did you see rudy gobert what he did a couple of nights ago yeah yeah i did he's a child he's an nba player he's a child the, the, the no, report, he thought he was being funny. Yeah, the reports are he was doing that in the locker room as well, messing with people's like teammates' stuff and you know things like that. Really? Yeah. Do we know that to be a factor? Is that just what people are sort of? That's what Woj Woj said. Hold on, let me pull up the exact wording of the tweet. It was, uh, "Jazz star Donovan Mitchell has tested positive for the coronavirus." League sources tell ESPN Jazz players privately say that Rudy Gobert had been careless in the locker room, touching other players and their belongings. Now a Jazz teammate has tested positive. You know what? That's that that. Am I wrong to consider this to be potential criminal behavior? Well, he didn't. He didn't know he had the virus. He didn't. So he know. can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I look. Uh, I, no, 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 I'm yeah. all in favor of holding people accountable. But, no, uh, no, no, you're right. You're I right. Mean, I mean, if he knew yeah. he had the virus, it could be. Yeah, but uh, he, he didn't know anything. What, again, what an idiot. What a well, freaking idiot. It's one thing I mean, to joke around with the media that day, and, and even that is, yeah. a, is a bit over the top. But to go around, put, you know, putting your hands on, on players and being careless in the locker room, where over the last few days, even for, you know, even though they probably didn't see a shutdown coming, they were all probably trying to practice decent personal hygiene, you know, and, and as much as they can when they're playing a professional sport. What a moron. Look, I mean, your expectations have to be low. We're in a town where there was almost a gunfight in a locker room between <laughs> two players. Okay? We're in a town where a player took a poop in somebody's yeah. shoe so. um yeah uh well i mean if there's no sport here so there was one other thing i i, I, I want somebody to give us like a projected timeline 
you know, they're putting our lives have changed significantly. We're all hopeful that our change that our lives are going to go back to the way they were. But over the last couple of days, in particular, we are living different lives than we were a week and a half ago. Uh, you, you can't debate that. Everybody is. Um, regardless of, of whether your perspective is that this is, you know, overrated or we were overreacting or underreacting or you're terrified or you're disconcerted or, you know, you're, you're blasé about it. It doesn't matter. Your, we, your life, the way you knew it has changed, at least in the short term and the economy is being impacted. And that obviously affects all of us as well. I would just like to hear from somebody, Hey, look. Your lives have been affected. They've been changed. This social distancing is very important for the foreseeable futures. We're asking you to essentially change your lives. In some cases, put your lives on hold. In some cases, in many cases, put your livelihood on hold. Um, But we think that by this date, we will have reached a potential peak and things will be able to go back to normal. If you're going to ask people to do this, which, by the way, it's for the good of, of, of... you know, mankind, if you're going to ask people to do this, don't you need a bit of a timeline, even if it's just a projection and you, 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 you disclaim it, you're like, of course, this is a guess. But right now, as, as a citizen in this country, I don't know if we're talking about days, months, or years. I have no idea. Do you? No, no, I don't. Uh, even if they don't know, would you want them just to pick a date? I would like somebody, you know, f- with a, a real grasp on how pandemics work and, you know, has been preparing their whole lives for something like this, is watching it unfold, is watching the reaction to it to say, so based on what we know today, you know, it's this is going to be this social distancing, this closing down of large gatherings, et cetera, you know, is going to be, you know, a at least a two-month disruption. Uh, you know, more information to come. We don't. I don't have any sense of the time involved in this. Do we not deserve to, to know just what they're thinking is right now? When they're sitting there in these meetings, somebody's saying, we're going to be here in March 2021, same situation. Or... Are they saying, you know, that the league just suspended the the NBA's got the information that they're suspending things, knowing that they might be able to resume in June or July? I I, I just would like to know. Well, I mean, if if you're if you're when can I go back to guy, living my normal life? <laughs> Is there going to be an all clear signal? If you're a worst case scenario guy, the reason they're not giving you a date <laughs> is just... because they don't want to tell you. Yeah, well, that's what they think. That worries me that they're not saying yeah. that this is temporary. Yeah, it could be, and, and you know, all of that. I mean, I'm assuming they're working on a coronavirus vaccine at the same time they're doing all this. Well, yeah, we knew that two weeks ago. Okay, so and they, I mean, and they said maybe, it would be about a year, right? I think that were that was I, the estimate. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't. I didn't remember what it was. So, I mean, the, the, the concern is they're not telling us a date because they don't want to scare. They, they don't want to scare us even more. Well, or else they, they, I mean, they don't want people to say, well, I'm not living like this for a year. Screw this. 
Well, I'll give you that as the concern. The concern is if you don't start putting some, you know, some dates on this thing as to when you can go back to living normally, at some point people are just going to say, to hell with it. My chances of being exposed to it, you know, are less than 50-50. Even if I'm exposed to it, my chances of, of developing symptoms or contracting it are a long shot. I'm going back to living my life. I'll give you a date. July 4th. That's when it's going to end. And the president's going to declare a patriotic celebration on, on that ending. And it'll just be a festival for everybody. And they'll announce that the conventions are on and we're into general election countdown. Yep. July 4th. That's when it's going to end. So what are you going to do with no sports to write about potentially over the next uh, days, weeks, months, or years? I, I, I literally am going to go back and try to recreate and write stories about good things that happened in Washington sports. I don't know exactly what they're going to be, uh, just for some relief. Yes, I think to I'm going to do the same something. thing. Yeah, just to give people something other than to bang the drum that they hear 24-7 uh, for the next couple of weeks. You know, think of something good. Here's something good to remember. Uh, I mean, there's plenty to pick from. Uh, I know, you know, maybe not recently, but, you know, the sports started before the 21st century. So there's plenty to pick from. So that's what I'm going to do, you know, and uh, unless unless some something even more drastic happens in the world of sports, I don't know what it could be. Uh, you know, the, the death of some of a sports figure, uh, not necessarily a young guy, a player, but let's say, an older team executive or an owner. Tom Hanks and his wife have it in Australia. Entertainers. And the only reason they know they had it is because they have testing readily available in Australia. Right. Um, All right, quick word about mybookie.ag, which right now um, there are going to be some sports you can bet on. You can bet on golf. And by the way, betting on golf is fun. You know, they usually do it head-to-head matchups, but you can bet on a a player, you know, to win the tournament. But a lot of times, as Aaron knows, it's a head-to-head matchup. So, you know, it's Fleetwood against McElroy, and there's odds on head-to-head. They may not be playing in the same group, but they'll you'll take that round score, you know, compared to the other round score and somebody is a money line favorite. So, uh, look, March Madness isn't dead yet. It hasn't, you know, it, it probably will be, but you got conference tournament games maybe this weekend. And March March is a month in which you used to be able to, to bet games. And, again, we'll see what we can bet on and what we can't bet on. Here's the thing, though. If you're going to bet, my bookie is easy to use. They pay fast when you win, and they'll let you bet on anything. I guarantee you, won't, don't you think, Aaron, that, that my bookie will have some coronavirus odds? There, you know, I, have, I have seen maybe odds. over under on exposures, deaths. I have seen odds on when the NBA will resume. I have seen odds on various other things. Yeah, well, that's the, that makes sense. You know, dates, over unders on number of days that you'll be without the NBA. Um, you can bet on anything at mybookie.ag. In all honesty, they're the ones you can trust, and there are a lot of those um, uh, offerings and services that you can't use. Mybookie.ag as your sports book home. Use my pro. Promo code Kevin DC, and you'll get a fifty percent bonus um, when you open up an account. That's mybookie.ag promo code Kevin DC. So there's another tweet I want to read to you, um, Tommy here um, 
from John Feinstein here in a second. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, what we're going to do. You know, I, I, I love your idea about, you know, sort of going back and recovering, if you will, some of the, the sporting events that, that have happened here. And I'm going to do some of that stuff on the radio show too, as well. But with no sports on television at night or during the days on weekends, potentially, you know, a lot of people may take this opportunity, especially if they're hunkering down at home to get caught up on a television show or movies or, you know, a book. So John Feinstein tweeted out, you know, uh, just about an hour ago, if you can't go to the NCAA tournament and maybe if you can't watch it, do the next best thing, read the back roads to March shameless plug. He writes, you bet it's a shameless plug, but plug, but what the heck I hear it's a really good book. So there you go. Well, let me let me let me take that uh, opportunity. Oh God, how many books are you going to plug? If you if you're a Redskins <laughs> fan and you really want to relive the glory days, mm-hmm. I would suggest you get a copy of Hail Victory, an oral history of the Washington Redskins, which has detailed interviews with Redskins players all the way back. I might want to point out maybe the only Redskins <laughs> book you'll find with interviews with Sammy Baugh. Okay. In that book. And by so, the way, it's available. You don't have to go into a bookstore to get it because there aren't bookstores anymore. You can order it on Amazon for what's it going for now, Tommy? Is it less than a buck? Oh, I think it's like fifty or sixty dollars a copy now, at least. Oh, okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I think it's like a five bucks or or something like that. But but really, I mean, it it, it if I may say so, I think it's the best book written uh, about the Redskins. I tell you what, here's how good a book it was. Dan Snyder, uh, remember his old henchman, Carl Swanson? Yeah. He contacted me about a year after the book, and I thought I was being su- I was going to get sued uh, for something. And he said that Snyder loved it, and he wanted to send me about a dozen copies to autograph for him to give out to people. <laughs> really? You've never told me that yes. before? Yes. So did you yes. do it? Yes, I did. Hmm. I was just happy not to be sued for something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I there's there's one show that I've been meaning to get to in particular, um, and that is Better Call Saul season three, which I haven't watched. Um, so that's a I've pot- wa- I just caught up on on all the uh, episodes for the season. And do you recommend it? Oh, highly. I liked it a lot. All right. So I've watched. You're really seeing the development of of Saul Goodman now, uh, and. You're seeing all the characters from Breaking Bad uh, come come together, and there's a lot of good stuff with Mike early on. And yeah. I might want to point out, if you want to hear a great interview with Jonathan Banks, who plays that character, he's from here. Go, yes, go back to the Cigars and Curveballs archives, my old podcast, and you can hear my interview with Jonathan Banks. It's a great interview, if I may say so myself. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, wait. So better call Saul. Jo- Jonathan Banks? That's his name? That, that that That's who played Mike? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, yeah, I knew that. And it, where is he from? He's from either here or Baltimore. Am I right about that or he's not? From D- he's from D.C. He's from D.C. Yeah. Um, so we see Gus. Uh, now, we saw we saw, um, we saw saw Mike in, in the first two seasons of Better Call Saul. At what point do we see Gus? I, we saw him, I think, in at the end of season two. Well, you know, they were building uh, his uh, 
his the, the meth lab that he was going yeah. to uh, have, and he had all those Germans. I got I got to go uh, back. It's been it's been a year and a half since I finished up that um, that second season. Anyway, um, here's the other thing I'm going to recommend to everybody. And I forget if you watched this or Aaron watched it. Maybe both of you did and you recommended it to me. But I finally got to it last weekend. Uncut Gems. Did you see that, Aaron? Yeah, I, I watched it. Tommy, did you see it? Adam Sandler? No, I have not. I have not seen it. You've got to watch it. It was so, so good. And Adam Sandler is brilliant in this movie. And he wasn't nominated for anything. Am I right about that? Yeah, there was... It- People were very, well, not surprised, but people thought he should have been nominated. Tommy, this is a good movie because, you know, it really works in the incredibly culturally diverse, you know, Manhattan Diamond District with, you know, degenerate, you know, uh, gambling, you know, junkies and athletes like Kevin Garnett's a big part of this movie. You will love this movie. I thought it was so well done. Hated the ending, um, but it was a well done movie with a brilliant performance by Adam Sandler, who, I mean, you tell me, because I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan, fan, Aaron, has he ever had this sort of dramatic of a role? He's had a few uh, dramatic ro- roles. Um, uh, was it Punch Drunk Love? I didn't see it. He's he's had a few over the years. He's dipped his toes, and generally he gets pretty good reviews when he does. He's just known more as a comedy guy, though. But every... Every so often, he'll dip his toes into it. Tommy, worth it. Definitely okay. worth it. It's your kind of movie, too. I, I think you would love it. Okay. I, I loved it. Um, well, let me, just throw out, let me just throw out a movie real quick. Okay. That I, I'm going to recommend only because it, it's not like anything you've ever seen before. And I can't say it's good, but it's something. It's called Mother. I think I've heard about this. And... Uh, What's her What's her name? The, the uh, who's the, the female actress who was in? Um, uh, somebody told me about this. Um, yeah, I forget her name. It, it's Jennifer. What's her face? Yeah. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, right. Jennifer yeah, yeah, Lawrence. yeah. Because my my wife yeah. told me about this movie. I heard it was very good. Okay. Yeah, Lawrence, it, uh, it, just Javier Bardem, and Harris, it, Michelle Pfeiffer. I, I don't know if it's good, but it's an experience. Okay. All right. And I'd highly recommend it. There are some recommendations. Uncut Gems and Mother. And, um, you know, a couple of, of givens. Like, if you've never... I had a, a friend of mine tell me the other day he's never watched Breaking Bad. I said, oh, come on, dude. That's like that's me yeah. with The Wire. Like, I know I totally have missed out on The Wire, and I'm going to get to it one of these days. But you got to get to Breaking Bad. Um, but, Absolutely. But we've given two uh, movie recommendations. Uh all right, I wanted to get to some sports here for a moment. Um, so there were several Redskins-related stories yesterday, which were interesting. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the first thing that I saw yesterday. Um, it's the shortest. Albert Breer you know, um, wrote a story about the Redskins and the interest potentially in Tua. He was then on the radio station yesterday with B. Mitch and, and Scott Lynn as well. But in his... Um, in, in the story, you know, in the comment section, there were a couple of questions that he answered, and I found one of the answers very interesting. Somebody asked Albert Breer from the NFL Network, right? Albert Breer or SI? I forget now. Um, Albert Breer is SI. SI, my fault. I think he, he took over. Mike Silver's uh, NFL Network. Yeah. He took over to Peter King, MMQB. That's right. I think. Yeah. So um, somebody asked Breer, 
Is Washington really considering drafting Tua rather than drafting Chase Young? And Breer's answer was as follows. He said, um, he said he talked to somebody close in the he, he said one person there, I'm sorry, one person there, meaning in at Redskins Park. One person there said to me, when I asked about kicking the tires on Tua Tungavailoa, they said, while Dwayne Haskins is on the roster, we have to make sure we're not passing on Michael Jordan. Closed quote. I thought that was interesting because it would it would seem to sort of mean that the Tua thing is might be primarily for posturing, might be primarily just to find out if somebody wants to trade up what the what that team really, really is trading up for. But at the same time, if they interview this guy, if they work him out on his pro day, if he's healthy and clears all the medical, and they think he's the next Michael Jordan, they can't pass on him with Sam Bowie on their team. You know, like Sam, I agree. Sam Bowie was the ultimate, you know, number two pick of the Portland Trail Blazers in 1984. All right, and then and then uh, Portland takes uh, Bowie because why? Because they had Clyde Drexler on the team. All right, and so they already had a player at that position that they thought was really, really good. Well, the problem with that is Jordan was much better than Drexler, and oh, by the way, could have played with Drexler at the yeah. same time. Um, but you can't pass on Michael Jordan, and hopefully they, hopefully they're thinking that way. Like if they're blown away by this, they absolutely should consider. This is a possibility. You know, and if Burrow's there at number two, which I don't think he's going to be there at number two, but they should absolutely um, consider that uh, as a possibility. And then there was this story in Sports Illustrated, SI.com, um, written by Kaylin Kaler. I don't know if that's a male or female or, you know, perhaps something else. Um, I don't know who he or she is. Uh, but this person wrote about Tua to Washington, question mark, and then wrote a story where here's the money quote. Quote, I don't think this is from somebody um, familiar with the organization's thinking. Quote, I don't think Washington owner Dan Snyder would want that. He wants to give Haskins the opportunity, and I think Dan is infatuated with Chase Young. Closed quote. So that came out yesterday and got a bunch of attention as well. I'll let you respond first, and then I'll respond. What do you make of that quote? Okay, well, let's go back to the first thing uh, about what Albert Breer said. Uh, the, the problem with that is, is Tua's medical is more Sam Bowie than, than Michael Jordan. Really good point. Excellent point. You know, and and to me... I'm not. am t- not taking a chance. I'm not either. On a guy with that medical history, no matter how tantalizing the talent may be, Joe Burrow's a different story. If, if through some miracle he would become available, but I'm not taking a chance uh, on on this guy's, uh, you know, based on his medical history. It's a hip. That's what your body sits on. Well, he's had three surgeries in 22 months. Right, two ankles yeah. and a hip. And I mentioned this last week when you weren't on, when some of this stuff came up. You know, if you're a college football fan like Aaron and I are, and you watched all those SEC games over the last two years, 
inevitably, in every Alabama game on CBS, they went to the sidelines for Tracy Wolfson, who would be updating you on Tua's latest injury. He was always hobbling around, always injured. He had three surgeries in 22 months. Even if he's cleared medically, he's not being cleared from future injury. No. No, I don't think, I don't think you, you take that, that risk there. Now, the other thing is, and I talked about this with you, and I wrote a column about this, and this is just connecting the dots. This is not based on any information. But uh, Ron Rivera was, was a great linebacker in college. He was an all-American linebacker at California. He came into the NFL and played linebacker on one of the greatest defenses in the history of the league, the Chicago Bears. He was a defensive coordinator uh, and linebackers coach at San Diego, uh, various uh, Philadelphia, various stops along the way. His mentors are Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson, the old defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. Here you have Chase Young, we've been told, is a generational defensive talent. I don't see Ron Rivera, who, who basically has, has played, who has lived defense his entire life. I know he's a head coach, and, they, and the, the Panthers drafted offensive guys, although we don't know how much input Ron Rivera had in that. I just don't see a guy who, who, who was was brought up on defense, whose whole life has been defense, is passing on a defensive player who he's been told is a once-in-a-generation defensive player. I don't see that happening. I think it's real simple. They're going to draft Chase Young. I do, too. I think for a lot of those reasons and more. Um, and so you're completely avoiding you know, answering or commenting on – you know, this being, you know, another example of, well, this is what Dan wants to do, so it's going to be done. You know, you're saying, well, this is what Ron Rivera is going to want to do um, anyway, so it doesn't really matter because they're right. they're in agreement. And this is, you know, personally, I think like the Todd, you know, and you and I disagreed on this, like the Todd McShay thing from a week ago, I guess. To me, you know, a source familiar with the organization's thinking. I just think it's, um, I think the default answer when you think of the Redskins and you talk about the Redskins is that the owner is in charge, that the owner makes the decisions, and the owner trumps everybody. And I think if you're not really following the day-to-day, that's just what you think, and that's sort of, sort of your default. But beyond that, what you just said is sort of, what I would say is has already been discussed. Like Ron Rivera didn't accept this job, and Dan Snyder didn't offer this job without having conversations about A, Dwayne Haskins and what everybody thought about him, and B, what the plan was with number two in the draft. Like this is pretty much – now, you know, hopefully Ron said to Dan, look, I like Haskins – I've watched all the tape. We evaluated him as a first-round pick a year ago at Carolina. He's my starting quarterback next year. But you And I really like Chase Young, and I'm almost positive he's going to be our number two pick. But you have to understand something, and you have to commit to me 
that if I change my mind based on new information or based on evaluating somebody that just blows blows us completely out of the water, that I have the ability to say, nope, this is better for the long term you know, uh, winning possibilities and potential for the organization. So despite what we talked about in November and December and early January, we're going in this direction. You know, I hope he has that ability, but I think Haskins and number two overall have already been discussed ad nauseum. And the reason he hired Rivera and the reason Rivera accepted the job is they were on the same page. That's part of it. I, I, I think, yeah. I think I think here you have a situation where the owner and the coach probably think alike on this. We don't know what would happen if they think differently. We really don't. Do you, I mean, do you think Snyder, do you think Snyder would have hired Rivera if in the interview Rivera said, "Look, I really don't know about Dwayne. I'll give him a shot. Uh, I've watched all the tape. We evaluated him pretty well coming out." I've watched all the games. I don't know him personally. I can't give you an answer on whether or not he's going to be our starting quarterback you know, next year. I can't give you an answer as to whether or not I'm going to want him on the roster next year. Are you okay with that? And Dan okay. said, absolutely, I'm okay with that. I want to hire you as the coach. Do you think okay. that happened? I, what do you think the chances I, I think, of that happening are? I think Dan Snyder wanted to win the uh, coaching battle in the offseason, and Ron Rivera gave him a chance to do that. Uh, I think he wanted to hire the guy that Joe Gibbs wanted him to hire, which I think was Ron Rivera. And I think if he's the great salesman that you think he is, that Dan Snyder's probably thinking, well, that's what Ron Rivera says now. He says, wait till we get him in the building, and he'll come around to my way of thinking. <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, if the answer was what I just described, I think that um... – I think more likely than not, he wouldn't have been hired. Okay, I think I think he would have been I, I hired. Think no more, I think more. I think more likely than not, the attempt to sell him on Dwayne would have been a process before he actually made the hire. It would. Have I been think a, Dan Snyder was probably giddy that he had a chance to hire Ron Rivera because what would have been Plan B, Kevin? Um, Marvin Lewis. Uh, that would have really ha- generated a lot of excitement. Well, I mean, you know, Ron Rivera didn't generate, you know, overwhelming oh, it excitement. Did. It did with me, but not everybody. I sat I there, took did. calls for a whole week. Half the people think he's overrated. He had a losing, you know, he had more losing seasons than winning seasons. And, you know, and I, and I, you know, I, I disagree with those that say he isn't a good coach. I think he's a good coach. I think they overachieved. I think they outkicked their coverage in the hiring of Rivera. I don't know that Dan looked at Rivera as the huge win. I think he looked at him as, hey, this is a really good coach. Others are going to be interested, and it would be really good for us to hire him. But I don't think he would have done it at the expense of Ron Rivera saying to Dan, Dwayne's not the guy. What if, what How if many, he, what, what would it take? What would it take for you to operate under the premise that whenever you're predicting Dan Snyder behavior, you would operate under the lowest common denominator. What would it take? What would he have to do? Uh, I'm already, I'm, al- I'm already there. But what's what's the re- how do, how is that re- relevant to what we're talking about right now? I, well, I, I'm my- suggesting that if Rivera had said, "I'm not sure about Haskins," that the lowest common denominator would have been, "I'm passing on this great coach because he doesn't agree with me." And 
I'm okay. I guess you know we we agree in that sense because my lowest common denominator was that he just wanted to get Ron Rivera in the building, particularly after Gibbs gave him the stamp of approval. And it really didn't matter what Ron Rivera said in the interview process. What would it take for me to convince you that when it comes to Dan Snyder um, and just the operation of this whole program, that they're hard to predict occasionally? Them drafting two with the number two pick. <laughs> um, that what, would would it, it. what would it take for me to talk you out of the position that whatever they could do that would end up hurting them long-term in the organization, they'll do? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, five years of, of no, no self-inflicted wounds? Um, now let's get to the Rob Ryan stuff. Rob Ryan was on with Colin Cowherd on Colin Cowherd's TV show on Fox, Aaron. Uh, yes, I believe it's Fox Sports. Yeah. Yeah, this F- is Rob F- Ryan, F- the dopey linebackers coach who predicted before the season started that he had a top five defense, or at least talent, talented enough to be a top five defense. And it ended up being one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, this is what Rob Ryan said when he was asked about Dwayne Haskins. Would you move off Dwayne Haskins? I'll tell you what, now that will be interesting because, you know, they uh, last year the Redskins – you know, we're invested in, in Haskins. He, he was a little later in the first round they picked him up. Uh, so it's not like he was the first guy taken in, right. in the draft. But but there's a big investment there. And the young man wasn't ready early. Like, he really wasn't. He, and, what, you saw him at practice? Oh, yeah. I saw him at practice. He's, he's a, a good kid. Uh, he's got a big arm. Big a of, arm. A lot of talent, but definitely not ready for the rigors of the NFL. Not ready for the rigors of the NFL. Good kid, big arm. Um, not ready for the rigors of the NFL. Here's the second part. Here's the follow-up question from Cowherd and his and Rob Ryan's response. As the Redskins were unraveling, as they're prone to do at the end of the year, he got slightly better. Did he impress you? Yeah, he did. I tell you, he he got a lot better from when he was thrown in the games. I remember in New York, it was awful. He, he wasn't ready. We oh. threw him in the game, and and it, it wasn't fair to the kid. He, he just wasn't ready. So. At least each week, I, I saw him trying to get better. I saw him trying to meet with Tim Rattay, who's a real fine coach now at Oklahoma State. Uh, he, he was trying to, you know, to, to get better. Now, is he NFL ready? No, not even close. And there is really the 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 headline part of it: Is he NFL ready? No, not even close. Um, do I put any stock in what Rob Ryan says about Dwayne Haskins? Go ahead, Tommy. You can actually answer that first. Well, I think, uh, look, I don't know if he's, uh, except for the last part, the key part, the money quote, I think everything he said up to that point was pretty accurate. I mean, lots of people have said that when he first got there, he wasn't ready for the rigors of the NFL. That's been the storyline that, you know, basically he didn't put in the work. And then he got better at it. And then he got better as the season went on. All that seems to be accurate. So if all that is accurate, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure that what he said at the end is probably right, even if it is Rob Ryan, because everything he said before that, I think is basically true. So you think he's right that he's not NFL ready, not even close? I th- look. I don't know that. I think if that's Rob, I think Rob Ryan is credible in saying that based in the context 
of almost everything else he said was, I think, probably accurate. Yeah. I think it's an interesting comment. Um, he is, you know, far from a genius um, in terms of the way people view him, but he's been a longtime coach in this league. He's been a defensive coordinator, not very successful, um, you know, more times than not. Um, but he has made a living, you know, evaluating offenses and preparing for offensive football teams week in and week out. And he was in the building and was out on the field um, for, you know, Dwayne's rookie season, start to finish. Um, I, I think he probably believes that to be true. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I sort of feel like ultimately what I watched was a guy that actually was playing the position pretty well in the, at the end of last year. Hold on, Aaron's got breaking news. Big Ten tournament is canceled. Big Ten tournament canceled. There we wow. go. God, I wanted to see Maryland play Michigan State Saturday. <laughs> uh, let's get back. Let's get back to Rob Ryan real quick. Yeah. Uh, I just want, I, as an aside, and you'll find this interesting. I'm going for the Rob Ryan look. Seriously. I'm letting my hair grow out. Really? Yeah. Have you ever had your hair grown out? Like, were you, you were you were sort of a '60s guy? Were, were you a hippie? I wasn't a hip. I wasn't necessarily a hippie, but my hair was pretty long in the early seventies when I was going to school in Miami. Uh, it wasn't shoulder length because my hair is real curly, uh, but uh, it was pretty long. I'll show you a picture sometime uh, of me back in like seventy three, seventy four. Uh, it was pretty wild and pretty long. So, what, so I'm, I'm what's, going what's, prompt, what, what's prompting this? Why do you want to do this? The coronavirus. <laughs> Actually, that might create growing, a, more of an opportunity, you know, to 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 be to catch it. No, so, I think my somebody hair coughs in your general direction, they could miss everything. But with long hair, they might catch part of your hair, and you'll be running your well, fingers through your hair all the time. And you always put your fingers in your mouth. So I would keep it short and tight if I were you. Well, not me, buddy. I'm going long. I'm going Rob Ryan look. Uh, I just texted my son about the Big Ten tournament being called off, and he just hit me with, you know, an F, the F word in capital letters and said, we can't even improve our seating now. And I'm going to text him back going saying, seating, seating for what? Are you out of your yeah. mind? Uh, I and mean, you know, if, if you, if, look, I, I know in the, in the scheme of things, it's not important, uh, but of all years for this to happen, a year where Maryland could have actually competed for a spot in the Final Four. I know. Of all years. I know. Yeah. But, you know, and, you know so here's, here's a sports analogy for you. So Turgeon's had all this pressure on him, and, you know, how he was going to perform in the tournament was, you know, going to sort of leave an impression one way or the other, right? If he got to the second weekend with a Big Ten regular season title, people would say, a ah, pretty good year for Turgeon. The best one he yet. If he got knocked out in the first weekend, forget about it. Now that this tournament, more likely than not, won't get played, it's Mark Mosley <clears throat> against the Cowboys in ACC, 1979. The, the ACC's called off too? Yes. Um, 
It's it's Mark Mosley, Tommy, 1979, one of the greatest regular season games in NFL history. The Cowboys come back from 34-21 to 21 down. Roger Staubach, two touchdown drives, 35-34, final day of the season in 1979. The Redskins go from being potentially the number one seed to being out of the playoffs altogether. The Cowboys win the division, the Redskins go home. And on the final play of that game, Theismann hit Don Warren over the middle to the Cowboy 40-yard line, uh, about about the 41-yard line. Two seconds on the clock. They're screaming for timeout. They never give them the timeout. Back then, timing was imprecise. You know, there was no tenth of seconds. There was no replay to go back to see if time should be put on the clock. They waved it off. It was Dallas's timekeeper. The game ended. And Mark Mosley, during that whole offseason, said, I would have made that kick. <laughs> I would have. It would have been a fifty-eight yarder. But if you, if you had, got, if I had been on that field, if they had stopped that clock and put those two seconds back on, I would have made that kick, and we would have won that game, and we would have won the division, and gone on to win the Super Bowl. So now Turgeon can say, "God, I had my team coming off that Michigan yes. game, playing our best ball. I think we would have made a run to the Final Four. Look at they they can't they can't blame you for what didn't happen, can they? <laughs> no. <laughs> um all right. What you know, what a what a day. And I'm sure we got another one coming up here as as leagues are starting to call everything off. And uh I would think that by the end of today I don't know, may, we're still a week away. well the the first four would be Tuesday night. They may wait to cancel that for a day or two. I think I think they might. I, I think they might. You know, because uh, what if they were to cancel it today and it comes out over the weekend that, like, miraculously, we're seeing these cases start to peak now or something well, like that? That's why they're shutting down the tournament. This is all a last-ditch effort to say, all right, if we t- send all of these teams home right now, nobody contracts it, maybe we can try to have the tournament. I, I don't think it'll happen. But Aaron, I, think I don't think this. they're shutting down this tournament because they're trying to save next week. I think they're shutting down the tournament because they, they've been told they got to shut down the tournament. You can't have, you know, and, and, and we're, because we're just waiting now on a potential positive test. I, I, they may not cancel the NCAA tournament today, but um, I would imagine Saturday. it's going to happen. Uh, again, maybe maybe what they're hoping for is some, you know, encouraging news from our health people. All right. Uh, last word is about stamps.com. Look, now you definitely don't want to go to the post office. All right. Uh, running a business, keeping your business on schedule takes a lot of time. Sometimes there aren't enough hours in the day. You've got better things to do, more important things to do, especially in this day and age. That's why you need stamps.com. You can do what you do at the post office right in your office through stamps.com. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip to the post office, plus you save money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all of the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com handles it all with 
with ease. Simply use your computer. You print out U.S. Uh, postage 24 hours a day, seven days a week for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, just put it into the mailbox. It's that simple. Time isn't the only thing you'll be saving. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. No equipment to lease, no long-term commitments to be made. It's a no-brainer. 700,000 small businesses are already using Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Kevin DC. That's my promo code. My listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Stamps.com, promo code Kevin DC. All right, anything else? Well, I just want to remind people that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go outside and brave that, that sick world of ours on Saturday for my show with Nick Ashew, uh, 9 to noon on 106.7 A Fan. And you can start reading about the glory days of D.C. sports in my upcoming columns on the WashingtonTimes.com click slash sports. And I would urge all of you to listen to me 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM and on the Team 980 app and the Team980.com. And once we get through all of this coronavirus stuff, if the games aren't being played, we're going to talk a lot about some of those great games that were played. You know, and go back and relive some happy times. Uh, yeah. We'll certainly do some of that. You know, look, there's still going to be a draft. That, you know, at some point there's going to be an NFL draft. At some point there's going to be NFL free agency. At some point the NBA season more likely than not will resume. At some point you'll have an opening day. There's still going to be things to look forward to. But as of now, stay healthy, wash your hands, drink water, and bathe. All right. Uh, have a great day. <laughs> Stay healthy. Thanks, Tommy, for jumping on today. Back tomorrow.